This episode of How To Wrestling was requested by Liam Stollerick, one of our lovely backers over at patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling. And hey, you can support this show and get access to over 50 exclusive bonus episodes, as well as our How To Revisited series by becoming just a $5 backer now. We're on the road to WrestleMania, but the drive is long and I'm prone to fidgeting and boredom. Can I interest you in an awesome new wrestling mobile game? It's called The Muscle Hustle and it's available for free to download on Google Play and the App Store. And as the best things in life are free, you can get a free gift from your best podcast pals, that's us, by putting in the code HOWTORUMBLE to get a special gift in-game. And hey, if you are an independent creator or wrestling brand and you want to get a shout-out on the show, send us an old email to howtowrestling at gmail.com. But for now, let's dive in and enjoy our new episode. It's How To Royal Rumble! Greetings, friends, and welcome to another episode of How To Wrestling, the world's first podcast detailing how to wrestling, how to get into wrestling, how to understand wrestling, and goodness knows maybe even how to enjoy wrestling. Oh my goodness, a bonus episode has appeared. Hello, everyone, once again, it's me, Cowboy Kevin Mann, counting down the numbers alongside my better half and my co-host, learning today all about the Royal Rumble, it's Joe Graham. Hello. How are you doing today, Joe? pretty good but you know what it's just occurred to me we've been doing this podcast for like four years yeah how come you get a nickname but yeah. i don't get a nickname well you, you are totally welcome to it's a self-brand uh, admittedly it's a hard self-brand but if you want to give yourself an acronym or, or anything like that go go nuts have have at us i'm really bad at thinking of them yeah i mean i know smojo is, smojo is yeah. one that has been started but maybe, maybe our listeners could come up with a cool nickname for me. I'm just thinking, Cowboy yeah. Joe. I could S- take your, <laughs> take your brand and do it sexier. Smoke Joe seems like early. That's early days episode. That's yeah. like season one, like yeah. you know, where before we got the new voice actor in to do Joe, the character of Joe <laughs> Graham and all that. You know, before the writers really knew what they were doing with you. You know, well, do you want a hashtag then uh, as we start off our bonus Royal Rumble episode? For people to tweet in their suggested nicknames for you. No, because that means I have to, as well as coming up with a nickname, which I'm bad, I have to come up with another hashtag about okay. the nickname, which is even harder. So I mean, guys, we got to help Joe find out what what it's going to be. Okay, Let's we crowdsource this thing. Use the hashtag Joe Brand. And oh wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> ah, she won't fucking mind. You can have it. Like that's like Joe the Brand. I mean, she's had it a long time now. I feel it's about time we. Could maybe share the hashtag. I mean, you, you've had it for like what, like at least twenty years now, Joe Brand. You know, yeah. I mean, come on, pass the fucking torch already. Move over. <laughs> There's a new cowboy, cow person in town. <laughs> So today we're talking a little bit about the Royal Rumble. This is dropping, if you're listening in the future, hello, but this is dropping just before the 2019 Royal Rumble. Joe, you and I have come across this match uh, quite a few times now. Mm. We've reviewed a a, a clutch of them over on patreon.com forward slash howtowrestling, where, by the way, if you become a $5 backer, you get access to not only our Royal Rumble reviews all the way back to 2016, but every pay-per-view since SummerSlam 2015 is on there. But Joe, the Royal Rumble... What does this uh, bring out in you? What are the emotions associated? Is it a fun show for you, or what are your thoughts? I know someone on Twitter, 
apologies, I forget who it was, actually referred to the Royal Rumble as the true Christmas for wrestling fans. Mm. It's not WrestleMania, like everyone says. WrestleMania probably is New Year's party i reckon or like in uh, america when they have thanksgiving they have to like do loads of visiting and a lot of obligations family it's like god it's fucking seven hours of dinner that's like, survivor you know? series <laughs> the royal rumble is christmas because i think genuinely it's the it's the show most wrestling fans look forward to mm. throughout the year and it's the most reliably entertaining show of the year as well why is it reliably entertaining there's something about the magical formula of the Royal Rumble, which makes it hard to get bored of. Mm. So the premise for new fans who have no idea what a Royal Rumble is, or if you're like me, you forget what it is because it's confusing and it sounds a bit like the Battle Royale and it looks similar. The fun thing is you're about to explain like the rules for the Royal Rumble here now or the concept. And like it's like, a running joke when we were doing the Attitude Era podcast that every time Howard Finkel, the ring announcer, would try and explain it. No, I will explain the rules of the Royal Rumble. Does he explain the Battle Royale? Instead? No, he just tries to explain the rules and you have the announcers going, oh, come on, we know the rules. Come on, let's go. Earth to Howard, no one can. And it's like, all right, well, it's not as bad as having the announcers bellowing at you. Or like war games where it's just like yeah. on screen, like <laughs> running really quickly fast through. So yeah, I mean, maybe now, Joe, you can explain what the rules might be of the Rumble or some of the concepts for it's the Rumble. not hard to explain at all. Mm. So basically, you have 30 competitors, yeah. each coming out to the ring approximately one minute after each other. Sometimes two. Sometimes two, sometimes 30 seconds. There's a large margin of error on this minute. Look, a minute is is a kayfabe idea in yeah. wrestling, okay? It, it can mean an hour, it can mean a couple of seconds. This is very much a Connecticut minute and a half, meaning it's whatever Vince McMahon wants it exactly. to be. Exactly. A minute is whatever the damn hell I say it is. God damn it, if a minute's 50 seconds, pal, think how much time we'll save, huh? <laughs> we could add the th- 10 seconds and no one's allowed to sneeze. I'll live for another three years. <laughs> oh, that's horribly accurate. <laughs> So there's 30 competitors. Mm. They each come out to the ring one by one. The idea being there being approximately a minute in between each one being released. And the most exciting thing about the Royal Rumble is more often than not, the full list of competitors isn't released beforehand. So it's a surprise. You don't know who's going to show up. More often than not, you get a few jobbers from the current day show. You'll get a couple of big stars. But the more exciting thing about the Royal Rumble is the inevitable surprise appearances from like wrestlers from eras gone by Mm. or maybe a wrestler from a different company which has never wrestled in the wwe before it's a fabulous way to make a debut yeah and you get a lot of tropes i think in the royal rumble which makes it very entertaining like if you get bored of certain aspects of wrestling the royal rumble's great because it only has it has every element of wrestling but only really briefly so you have like a big guy who will eliminate maybe like five people which is quite fun to see yeah you know, every year you have kofi kingston who gets eliminated kind of but doesn't land on his feet so he's not so he gets back in the ring which is always exciting hey you mentioned the big e word there eliminated how do you get eliminated from a royal rumble good question you get eliminated by being thrown over the top rope and landing on both feet. Now, you are very adamantly there. Now, Joe is pointing for, for every word in that sentence there. Yeah. Why is the both feet like? There's, there's a... <laughs> I'm a bit fascinated with this both feet thing. It's, right? a, new, it's a new fascination yeah, this year. Like I thought, until literally about a week ago, I thought it was you were eliminated over the top rope. And just if you landed outside... Mm like your legs were kind of on the floor or whatever, that was enough. Like right. your feet could touch the ground, but like 
I didn't realise it was as particular as <laughs> the soles of your feet yeah. have to be both of them on the floor. And so I kind of feel that there's a lot of room there to play around with. Yeah. So if I was to enter a Royal Rumble, or you were to enter a Royal Rumble, because there are both, uh, since 2018, there's been both men's and women's Royal Rumbles, which is fucking great. Only took us 30 years, uh, thereabouts. <laughs> but if I was to win a Royal Rumble, or you're to win a Royal Rumble, what do I get? Do I get a fucking check? Do I get a, a ham? Do I get a subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club? What's going on? Right, so first of all, before we talk about the winner, I feel it's important to explain how the elimination process kind of whistles down. Oh yes, of course, yeah. Because it's not a case of you having 30 people in the ring at once. No, I like every image for the Royal Rumble, every, always like, well, this Sunday, the Royal Rumble, it shows 30, 30 guys. No. The most has ever been in the ring, and I've got a couple of these facts in my back pocket, <laughs> uh, 15 were in the ring one year. That was going to be my guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's kind of what I figured, yeah. And it was one of the worst Royal Rumbles ever because it was around 20 minutes of no one being eliminated because to slow because to get yeah. to 15 you have to have at least half an hour where nothing happens nothing and happens, then it's like yeah. well, who's the last person it's the big show and he's kind of <laughs> he's a little bit past his prime but not so much that you can judge them for having him out there so yeah that's what happens. Oh my goodness. So as new competitors get called to the ring, you'll have these like miniature feuds. Mm. So you end up with competitors facing up against people who maybe like it's a dream match or mm. maybe it's like a completely unlikely matchup. So people it might be, who've never maybe set yeah, foot in the ring before. you've never seen on screen before in your life. And it's kind of like an amazing crossover moment then when that happens because it's like, oh, for a split second, these two... They get to lock up. And a really cool moment then is when you've got, you know, you mentioned sometimes you have like returning people or yeah. surprises. Like I remember a couple of years ago, very, very awesome moment was when DDP came out. And you know, <laughs> DDP, who's like 60 years young, doing his YRG. But he came out and he like, he laid out like 10 people. And it was just like a minute of pure glorious moment because DDP would never have interacted with any of the people that were in the ring and he was beating them all <laughs> up. It was great, like... It's like sometimes a bit of a nostalgia circle jerk. Absolutely. But I don't necessarily think that's... I mean, that's wrestling. Most of wrestling is a nostalgia circle jerk, but mm. at least in the Royal Rumble, it's an accessible one. Even new yeah. fans can join in with, like, rubbing each other's penises. <laughs> Because, like, the thing with it, and this is why I think the Royal Rumble, like, if you are, you know, trying to pitch to a, a friend or a loved one or someone you think, hey, I want to watch wrestling with them, don't make the mistake of sitting down with a WrestleMania. Now, we've got a WrestleMania wow. Primer episode out there, which is fucking... Seven hours? It's a, it's a hard one. You're going to have to plan a fucking meal You'll around that. you give them like, a literal wrestling intolerance. Yeah. It's, it's like, basically, someone who's wanting to dip their toe in. Even just the Royal Rumble match itself, because even if someone comes back as, like, a legend or whatever makes a return they're going to be in the match for maybe like a minute or two yeah exactly. it comes in they'll do a little brief flurry they'll do their cool move everyone in the ring will and the crowd will react to them so it is actually quite a good way of seeing why someone is a big deal unlike i remember when we first started this podcast within two or three months of, of us doing reviews on patreon we had sting return mm -hmm. and we had the nwo come out Ugh. with no context as to like for a new fan as no. to why that was important <laughs> but in the rumble you get that yeah the rumble you get that because you have the commentators who really don't have a huge amount to say because there's so many people there other than who's this guy who's this guy mm. who's this guy and then they'll give you like facts as well like with Kane they'll often tell you oh he's the that he's been the most Royal Rumbles out of anyone or any mention of Ric Flair and it's always like oh he's been the longest in the Royal Rumble ever and he holds the the championship for 
fucking longest well, amount in the ring or whatever. Well, actually, uh, Rick is no longer the, uh, the, the the Iron Man of the Royal Rumble. That is now uh, Daniel Bryan officially has that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, been in the greatest Royal Rumble for an hour and 16 minutes like a fucking sadist. <laughs> he loves that. Well, let's go so, back then to the, yeah. to, the winning, to the winning uh, the winning prize. So as more and more people come in, more and more people get eliminated until eventually you're down to normally the last three mm. stars. And they... More often than not, you have like two really big stars and maybe one up and comer who's like, oh, the underdog, will they get this opportunity or whatever. It's a great way for a new character to really yeah. get over is being in the ring, like in the Royal Rumble with someone who's much bigger yeah. star than them. Yeah, And you pretty much always get at least one massive star, like John Cena level of stardom yeah. in the final three. And then it comes down to the final two and you get like a separate type of match off then because it's very different dynamics from last three to last two. Mm-hmm. And then the last person who eliminates an opponent, the last mm-hmm. person left in the ring, gets a championship match at WrestleMania. So back in the day, that used to be like, you're in the main event. Like you're the last, last match. It's going to be the main event no matter what. But in the last 10 or so years, more often than not, whoever wins the Royal Rumble, they're usually in like either the opening match or one of the other matches because WrestleMania is no longer just a wrestling show. It's a seven, eight hour behemoth. I don't think you just add hours on to it. People are like, yeah. You know, it's I've, seven days it's long. It's a 12 week experience. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> seems pretty accurate. Starts in late December, ends around April. Uh, that thereabouts. Yeah, it's but, about as long as my seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> so like usually now, the, the winner of the Royal Rumble Sometimes they will get in the main event, but more often than not, it's something else because you've got lots of part-time wrestlers like Brock Lesnar, The Undertaker, who may not be involved in the Royal Rumble, and they will uh, usually take that main event spot. So we watched a documentary about this. Yes, it was the true story of the Royal Rumble. The true story of the Royal Rumble. Stop lying to us, WWE. They mentioned in that documentary, and this really surprised me, that originally the Royal Rumble was just kind of like a... like a, a match for mid-carders and it didn't really like lead anywhere yeah it's got an interesting kind of backstory to how the whole concept came about and i do like that they use the branding of the true story of because we use the uh, true story of wrestlemania documentary for our episode about wrestlemania and i think with wrestlemania maybe there was a lot of things that they were kind of revealing and whatnot whereas with this i felt they didn't tell the whole truth about the reasons why the Rumble came to be and whatnot. Oh, I just thought that it was a bit boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it, it has some elements that are true. Like, for instance, the inventor of the Royal Rumble is Pat Patterson. Which blew my mind. Really? No offence to Pat Patterson. Didn't think he was capable of coming out with a cool idea like that. Did you see, well, I mean, do you have any experience with no. Pat Patterson? I'm making assumptions. I'm trying to think, yeah. <laughs> He's an old man who's friends with Vince. Yeah, I'm going to think quite lowly of him. Pat Patterson, one of the first openly gay men in wrestling. And really? uh, came over from Montreal or French Canada with $4 in his pocket and not a word of English. And That's managed to become Vince's right-hand man. Incredible. Yeah, and he does have an insane like mind for, for wrestling. Like He would have been the guy who was in charge of the main event finishes for like pretty much 20 or 25 years. He's like, he was Vince's go-to guy. And that as well is during an era where main events were put on a much higher pedestal than mm. I think they are today. Yeah, like if you did, if your main event wasn't good, the finish wasn't good, then the show is, the show is fucked. Yeah. Like you won't make money. Mm. There's no digital content platform to pad out the numbers. <laughs> uh. So Patterson came up with the concept for the Royal Rumble. It was originally called the Rumble Royale. Uh, <laughs> Rumble Royale. I hate the name Royal Rumble. And Why? I hate the name Rumble Royale even more. But Joe, alliteration. I know, but confusing. So why don't you like the Rumble Royale? 
because it's too similar to the Battle Royale. And I know that was the mm. idea. They explained that. They were like, yeah, we decided to go with the Royal Rumble because Royal Battle Royale. Yeah. I mean, it's two separate, different words. It's oh. got an E on the end. Sorry, you got your six mark question coming up here now. And you will be marked on your QWC, your quality of written communication. Okay. What is the difference between a Battle Royale and a Royal Rumble? A Battle Royale is where they all start off in the ring. Hey, hey! And then they get eliminated but it's the same way they get eliminated. Yeah, over the top. Over rope. the top. Landing on, on both feet? Yes, or unless you are the women's, or should I say, divas division between the year 2000 and 2010. Oh, yeah, you told me about this, where they weren't allowed to go over the top rope. Because a number of the performers that they had, they were not confident that they could take the bump over the top rope. Yeah, because they've been given no fucking training. Yeah, so they had to go through the ropes, or under the ropes. And it was always kind of crack, because like, I'd be watching and kind of going, oh, well, they're not eliminated because they went over the top <laughs> rope. Oh, wait, no, they are eliminated. Oh, okay, this is shit then. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You can't throw a punch and you're not allowed to go over the top rope. Like, serious fucking hell. How It's it's only been 10 years and it already, like, at the time I was like, this is bad. And, like, in 10 years I'm like, that's fucking absurd. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, thankfully uh, women have fought for the right to go over the top rope and punch each other. And I'm going to say, I mean, I've only watched one Women's Royal Rumble because there, as of today, has only been one. Yeah. And it was the best Royal Rumble I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it was awesome because they they knew straight away that to hook people with this, they got to go for all the Royal, Royal Rumble tropes times yeah. a thousand. And you had everything you mentioned there in fucking spades because a lot of the times I sit down to watch a Royal Rumble, I kind of go, I'm going to have my returns, I'm going to have my comedy, I'm going to have my star-making moments. And sometimes you only get some of that. But the Women's Royal Rumble, because they were... You know, belt and braces. Time. Yeah, they really went all out. And that's, and that's the, a great one. That's the best thing about when when women finally get to do the things the men get to do is we get to do them all. All the tropes that are boring now that men have done them a hundred times, we get to do them and they're fresh and cool. That's true, and yeah. And exciting and not tired and boring. And it was awesome seeing like the likes of like our Alundra Blaze. It was really cool seeing like, you know, our Trish and Leah all coming out. That's fucking awesome. So, Parson came up with the concept for the Rumble Royale or the Royal Rumble, the name of which you don't like. I hate it because it's very confusing and I even today four years a wrestling fan get them mixed up I would call it a rumble royale with cheese personally but what would you call the match if not a royal rumble I would just get rid of the royal yeah right and I'd probably just call it the rumble <laughs> the rumble yeah that's pretty good. One year the tagline was "Remember the Rumble." And That's I like good. That. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So we're just gonna canonically, it's now known as just the Rumble. You know. Okay. Kayfabe just changing. Yeah. All of this. We kayfabe don't recognize the monarchy in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Parson, he was interviewed in this documentary briefly, and he mentioned that Vince McMahon hated the concept of the Royal Rumble when he first brought it up to him. He absolutely hated it. I bet everyone hated it. I can't even imagine. Like even wrestling today like as an industry is so adverse to new ideas mm. back then i can't even imagine what an idea like that would have come down as like hey yeah i want 30 guys to come out uh, one by one um it's gonna be just chaos it's funny because vince the reason he didn't like it was that people complain when i have run-ins in the matches <laughs> and you're proposing i have 30 run-ins in a match people will shit all over it they'll think it's it's awful it'll just be madness and it's so funny to it's so strange when you really think that the royal rumble is a concept even that it it had to be invented because it seems like such a natural like yeah duh, obviously it's the it's the rumble it seems like such a default part of wrestling mm. the fact that it had to be devised and pitched shows you how good the concept is yeah that it seems so like well yeah duh, obviously that's what we do you know yeah. 
we do the Royal Rumble. <laughs> we do the Royal Rumble, and it's one of the best things we do. So, the Royal Rumble, this is what I love about it, is they're like, yeah, the Royal Rumble. Uh, the first one was, was shown on TV, on USA Network, as kind of a, a big television special. Still to this day holds the record for the highest rated wrestling on uh, television ever. Whoa. Got like an eight point something, so like millions and millions of people watched the first ever Royal Rumble. But the real reason that they did it was that over in WCW at the time, they decided they were going to do something called the Bunkhouse Brawl, which is a very... <laughs> Very similar concept, and uh, they wanted to basically cut their legs out from underneath the competition. Maybe that's what we should call the rumble, is like the, the bunkhouse rumble. <laughs> I love bunkhouse. Like I know that Dusty Rhodes came up with the concept, and of course, like, the bunkhouse, daddy, because we're all here, we're eating pork and beans, <laughs> we live in a barn, and we're going to have a bunkhouse brawl, daddy. And as far as I know, he wanted to do it in like, New York as well, because, you know, New York with all the fucking farmhands and bunkhouses. <laughs> This was done basically to cut out the legs of that concept, which then led to WCW doing uh, their own TV special, Clash of the Champions. So it's just, this is the part of history that WWE doesn't like to admit, where it's like, one day we sat down and got very spiteful about another company and we came up with a concept. A concept to really cut the legs out of our competition. That's like every decision that WWE has ever made. Yeah, it is. Always made in spite. It's always like, because I mean, WrestleMania... In, some could argue we mentioned it in our WrestleMania episode. Oh, yeah, that's a spite show. Yeah, Starcade was coming from yeah. WCW. So, like, well, fuck you, we'll do it. And we'll do it, like, in on pay per view or whatever. You know, they a lot of the early shows and even the 12 pay per Why were the 12 pay per views once one per month? Because WCW had 12 pay per views. <laughs> You know, that that's the only reason why they were they oftentimes these shows were made. So why is WrestleMania seven hours then? Is that any spiteful reason? I think Vince McMahon is like surrounded by all these ghosts of competitors that he's vanquished. He's like, No, we gotta do eight hours WrestleMania because WCW's gonna do a twenty hour nitro. I was like, No, Vince, it's it's gone. It's been gone for eighteen years, he's Vince. Been dead for thirty years. Oh, they're still out there. Ted Turner mocks me <laughs> from the moon. <laughs> So it became the third of the big four. We had the Survivor Series in WrestleMania, and then Royal Rumble came and joined alongside SummerSlam thereafter. We had some compilations here of particularly fun eliminations that have happened over the years. A couple of my favourite fun eliminations, when Jerry the King Lawler came out, I believe it was the 93 or 94 Royal Rumble, and he came out going, shh, I'm going to hide under the ring! And he hid under the ring for like 40 minutes, you know, like a snake. It's disgusting. (laughs) And then he crawled out like right towards the end. He's like, ha ha! And then he got one punch by Bret Hart and in slow motion goes, (laughs) (laughs) and got eliminated. It's great, like. Noddy fans. He's basically the Mr. He's basically Mr. Wobbly Man at that point. It's fantastic. <laughs> there have been uh, a, fu- a, fu- a few other fun Sorry ones. Sorry to interrupt, but I want to push Jerry Lawler off a cliff and make that sound. <laughs> if Jerry Lawler gets pushed off a cliff now, you're you're liable. I'm just saying, like you know. Don't care. <laughs> Some other fun eliminations, including the year where Macho Man Randy Savage was in the final two with Yokozuna, the giant sumo wrestler character. That's so cool. And Macho Man does the big elbow off the top rope and inexplicably goes to cover him and Gorilla Monsoon goes, pinfalls don't count! And then he just gets pushed over the top rope. <laughs> like, Macho Man didn't know the rules of his own match like that he I was in. That. There was another time where Macho Man just jumped over the top rope and ran out uh, wow. to attack Jake the Snake Roberts because Jake the Snake had been saying things about Elizabeth. But that was the first year where they're like, he went over the top rope. Does that mean he's eliminated? And Bobby the Brain's like, he obviously is eliminated. Like, no, I'm getting word now that because Macho Man didn't mean to go over the top rope and he did himself, 
that is okay and he is allowed back in the room. <laughs> God's sake. There was a year where Kane was attacked by men in white coats to come and take him away to an insane asylum. In the middle of the Royal Rumble, Vince McMahon sent the, the, the insane asylum, the, the white coats, with their white batons to, to take Kane back to one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Wait, but Kane's a demon. He's not mentally ill. I know, but Vince McMahon and his corporate guys was like, this guy's clearly crazy, like, he's dangerous. Did he use his demon powers to escape? Uh, no, he uh, beat them all up and then he stood over the top. Because Kane can only leave the ring by going over the top rope because he's so big. He then eliminated himself. But that year, they didn't say, oh, because Kane didn't mean to. He's allowed back in. <laughs> they kind of changed their minds on that one. Uh, some more fun uh, facts about the Royal Rumble. Uh, the Royal Rumble does takes place traditionally in January. But the Royal Rumble actually had took place at several house shows up until 1994. They would do a lot of Royal Rumbles in the 80s to try and kind of test the concept to see if the crowds would like it. Like, they workshopped it, essentially. Uh, the first Rumble was won by Hacksaw Jim Duggan. But I think it wasn't until, like, 1992 or thereabouts that you started getting an actual prize. Like, you're going to go to WrestleMania, or you're going to get the championship, or something good is going to happen mm. as a result of it. I actually was looking up on some of the stats... Because the house show Royal Rumbles are kind of shrouded in mystery, there's so many claims that there was a Royal Rumble happened in 1977 even, but I don't understand how that could possibly have happened. But Owen Hart won a Royal Rumble. Yeah? Yeah, on a house show. Wow. So our boy Owen Hart uh, is a, a former Royal Rumble winner, just not, just not on anyone that's televised or documented or in the history books anyway. I honestly couldn't tell you who any of the Royal Rumble winners are. Really? Yeah. Probably not even since I've been watching. I don't care. Do you remember who won the the Rumble last year? No. Oh, man. It shows you a lot because I remember, like, when I was growing up, it was, like, the Rumble winner that was, like. I remember who won the Women's Royal Rumble. Asuka. Yeah. And I'll never forget that. Why not? Because it's Asuka. (laughs) Shinsuke won the Men's Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah. Shinsuke won. Yeah. That's probably why I don't remember is because Asuka won. Yeah. See, that's (laughs) the thing. Like, back in the day, when you won, it was, like, what I would have been watching, it was just the guaranteed thing. If you won, you went to the main event and you won at WrestleMania. Mm. That was it. Like, almost never was the exception. The trouble is that they don't, yeah, they don't really take it as seriously now. No. Like, with Asuka, for example, she kind of vanished in a way after the... It was a kiss of death. Yeah. Like, we all thought she was going to be on the up and up and be given loads of championship opportunities and she wasn't. I don't think they realise how not say damaging but just how kind of a bit deflating it is is when you do something like give some of the Royal Rumble win and then they go to WrestleMania and then they lose and they're a good guy as well it's so anticlimactic it is and I think it is quite damaging because Mm. they do that every year they do a thing called the Royal Rumble by the numbers because it's all about the numbers and they're like did you know that there are 30 people in the Royal Rumble wow how about them numbers Uh, do you know that we count down from 10 Uh, those are some great numbers 9 8 7 all the numbers are there they used to do a thing where it's like did you know that 83% of the winners of the Royal Rumble went on to win at Wrestlemania that's pretty good and last year it was did you know like 63% of the winners went on and this year they went 15 people have went on to yeah. win the belts. We can't, we got to duke the stats now. <laughs> the first Royal Rumble was in Canada and only had 20 people in it, hmm. which also makes it the shortest Royal Rumble. Yeah, I suppose it would be. We did have a Royal Rumble in, I think, 2012 or something. There was, there was a Rumble where there was 40 people and its gimmick was that it was the largest Royal Rumble. That's too many. It was a fucking slog. Two, 20 is too few 40 is too many, 30 is the, the sweet spot. What was it? The greatest Royal Rumble was like 50, though, because that's be even bigger. 
Remember, they had to, they had, they had, in the greatest Royal Rumble in, in Saudi, they had to bring in even people who weren't actual wrestlers. They had to bring in, like, random sumo guys and stuff. I didn't know it was 50. I'm pretty sure. I deliberately ignored everything to do with that show. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was 50. Like The thing is, with the Saudis, they just, like, add a, a one and a zero after everything. Like, they just increase it. Like, you know, everyone's paid, the number of people in the Royal Rumble, you know. Quantity doesn't necessarily imply quality, though. Does no, it? and I'll tell you right now, I will get lots of people in my mentions disputing that the Greatest Royal Rumble is even a Royal Rumble because oh. you didn't get anything for it. He's got a big green belt oh. and blood money. <laughs> <laughs> the first person in the first ever Royal Rumble who started off was Bret Hart, mm-hmm. which I think is quite fitting. Starting off in the early position. It's a really, really cool thing. And they've How told do you mean starting off in the early position? As in if you're number one or you're number two or mm. number three even, they can tell a really, really great story there. Uh, unfortunately, one of the greatest stories that they told about that involved Chris Benoit, which means the kind of entering at number one and going the distance is a little tainted now. Ah, not if they do it with women. Ah! See, this is the thing. Yeah! That's the antidote to everything bad in wrestling because mm. it's all done by men. Make it done by women instead, and it's good now. That's true. Very, very true. I love the story of the the, the endurance thing. Because you can have like the big, super crazy guy come in and throw everyone out, whatever, mm. like an Undertaker or a Braun Strowman. But someone like a Bret Hart or a Ric Flair, or, you know, if you're going to do it, like, say, with someone even like Charlotte, someone who's going to, like, last for a whole hour, and they win by surviving as opposed to being a, a dominant brute force. Mm. They win because their cardio is super on yeah, point. Or, or tactical know-how yes because there's a there is an art to winning a royal rumble even in like, in the world of kayfabe like there's often times where you have to sit out for a bit if you've been in for a long time like we had one year where roman reigns was in a match and then he just vanished for like oh, 20 yeah. minutes no actually I think it was 20 minutes i think it was like 40 minutes it was he came out number one in 2016 yeah because it was <laughs> one just... versus all and then he got beat up by the league of nations had a little nap yeah. came back right at the end Oh, I feel right energised about that. <laughs> Roman took the advice of having a cup of coffee and then having a 30-minute power nap. You wake up just you as do. the caffeine kicks in, like, yeah. you know, second finisher then. See, it's clever thinking like that that I really miss about Roman Reigns not being in wrestling right now. <laughs> we want you back, big dog. Uh, Ric Flair, I think we talked about this in our commentary episode, a bit about our Bobby Heenan episode. But 1992, the Royal Rumble where Ric Flair is in for the entire time. That's a fucking masterclass in, like, how to win a Royal Rumble as a coward and, yeah. like, a, a bad guy. Because I think that is quite a difficult thing to do. To win a Royal Rumble as a coward and a bad guy. Yeah, like, to actually have someone in it for a long time and have it be convincing. And, for you know, because Ric Flair, he in that whole thing, he's not, like, a dominant force. No, he's, he's not. begging off the whole time. But to have that fine line between him begging off the whole time but him actually still managing to survive the whole time I think it's oh, I think it's important though because I think if the more dominant you are really the less you should stay in the ring mm. like from a strategic kayfabe point of view because yeah for new listeners the big guys in wrestling always get teamed up on to be eliminated yes. because they do too much damage otherwise they can literally eliminate people with like the stroke of their hand so it's really important that you get like five or six people in the ring at one point to all team up and eliminate the big person in the ring I'm trying to think of any big guys who've won I mean if you consider The Undertaker a big guy then yeah he's won he is but he's The Undertaker yeah. so he's known for more than being a big guy I think Yokozuna has won it if you count Braun Strowman but yeah, other than I that would. it's a pretty short list of big guys but, to win and similarly I don't think it's right as well to have them in from the beginning if it's a big guy who's going to win mm-hmm. because it's then not telling the story of like 
you know, I mean, they're so big. How come they've got such endurance? Yeah, they shouldn't. They should be yeah. explosive in short bursts. You, you know, need like... to have a flaw for it to be interesting. And that's why you need to have someone like Ric Flair, a dirty, nasty weasel. Yeah. Who's going to cheat and steal and do anything he can to survive and stay in. So I think Flair came in at number three when he came out. So he wasn't from number one. Shawn Michaels came in number one and he made it to the end. So he has... He's Wait, kind Shawn of... Michaels actually went from number one all the way to all the way to the end yeah and so he won surely he's technically the one who's been in the lot no because that rumble you know it's interesting you can be in number one and get to the end but not be in the longest because the match itself may not be that long because oh, Rey Mysterio he came in number two or he came in an early number as well and he was like an hour and three minutes or something like that he broke the, the record that year then so like, the record was constantly being kind of shifted and broken like all the time and I'm sure by the time this is out who knows maybe at the 2019 Royal Rumble we'll have more things being uh, broken Vince McMahon he came in at number two in 1999 and Vince McMahon won the Royal Rumble which I think is the most stupid amazing thing ever <laughs> wow he came in at the stairs him and Austin one and two and Austin beat him up a bit and then he ran away and then Austin got attacked in a bathroom and Austin had to lay face down in a men's bathroom for around 40 minutes as Vince McMahon came back on commentary and then Austin got carted out on a gurney and taken away and then right towards the end of the Royal Rumble Austin reappeared in his pants in an ambulance (laughs) and it came back down to Vince and Austin in the ring again it was so fucking stupid it was brilliant (laughs) you can tell so many stories I know right most of them involving people being in the toilet Wait, really? Most of them? No, I mean, only one or two of them involving people being <laughs> in the toilets. I think the toilet rumble would be a great spin-off match. Yeah, what? 30, me- 30 men or women, one toilet. <laughs> Whoever gets to the toilet gets to take the first shit at WrestleMania or something like that. Yeah. So they have a little recap here about sometimes the fans don't like what we're doing, but that's okay because the fans are wrong. They had a recap of the... 2015 Royal Rumble. I'm not going to lie to you, Joe. It's a bit heartbreaking to see all the behind the scenes stuff of Roman Reigns basically being on the verge of tears and everyone booing him. Basically, literally crying. Yeah, he just goes, That crowd weren't digging me. It's okay, though. He is so strong about it. Like, he comes out and he's crying and. He gets, bless him, he gets like a hug from Vince and I think Pat Patterson's there and he tells Michael him... Michael Hayes hugs him, Triple H really hugs him. They're proud of him and he's done a great job. And they're like, look, don't don't worry about the fans. Like, you yeah. did a great job. You put on a fantastic show and that's what's important. And Roman's like, yeah, I know. I did my best. I'm happy. I'm in heaven, even if the fans didn't like the result. <laughs> but we had such a funny interview segment from Daniel Bryan <laughs> after this. <laughs> You have a sit-down interview and he says, you know, they don't want him to be the champion, him being Roman Reigns. You know, they want someone else. And then he looks directly at the camera and pulls a face. Yeah, he does a proper fucking Laurel and Hardy. Like, they don't want Roman Reigns. Hmm. <laughs> he does a big proper fucking gird into the camera. Like, oh, poor Roman. He says, yeah, they were booing me. Louder than I've ever heard. More than any bad guy has ever been booed. Yeah. Ah! Don't forget, and The Rock was there, and he lifted up his hand, and that made things ten times worse. It was the first time The Rock did the people's eyebrow out of genuine, like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, normally he's still a cool, but he's like, whoa, he's meant to be a good guy, right? But this just shows you, like, I don't say that it, means it proves that the crowd are fickle, but I think the circumstances of the Royal Rumble and the city you're in it, it, it can be an opportunity to capture lightning in a bottle. And mm. if it doesn't go the way the fans like, it can sometimes be like fucking 
you know, it can be detrimental. I think part of the problem is that with the Royal Rumble, there's so many rumours. Like, part of the joy mm. of the Royal Rumble is the ruminating over who's going to appear and who's going to win. I usually stay off of Twitter the day of the Rumble because I don't want that to be spoiled because it's, like, the one pure thing Yeah, you get wrestling. people who take it a bit far and they, like, have weird sneaky shots of like wrestlers arriving at airports yeah. with like, hoods over their faces to try and you know s- yeah. not spoil the surprise is that where you want to see like your fucking your hot debut is like them looking kind of shitty and miserable in an airport that's a town away further so that you don't spoil it and you spoil it anyway yeah so I think yeah a lot of the problem is the fact that so much of the hype is involved with everyone talking amongst like who their pick is going to be mm. like betting on who's going to win and in cases like that particular Royal Rumble where everyone thought it was going to be Daniel Bryan to the point where everyone got so excited over thinking maybe it could be Daniel Bryan that they kind of worked themselves into a shoot brother yeah and genuinely thought it was going to be Daniel Bryan and then I think to a lot of fans it felt like they had been lied to because if a consensus has been built and it's kind of you're in a bit of an echo chamber where the and consensus is bouncing back at WWE you WWE is really bad as well for poking those types of rumours with a sharp stick yeah I don't think they realise that people perceive that as being lied to because I mean to, to play devil's advocate here with WWE why would they assume that they they at no point told you in that rumble that Daniel Bryan was going to even be fucking in. Yeah, you know. they just want people to talk about it. They do. And I think social media and the Royal Rumble, <laughs> if there's one pay-per-view that has been really like, the, the kind of very nature of it has been changed by social media, it is absolutely the Royal Rumble because it is something that has completely been about surprise and twists and, and all that. But you and say that. This year, they've announced pretty much the whole Royal Rumble entrance list. Yeah, for the women, I know they've announced and the And for most list. of the men now as well. Interesting. I mean, some years they go, no surprises. Like, there are years where they decide, you know what? There's too much, like, too much comedy. There's too much surprises. It's meant <laughs> to be about much Orange. fun. Yeah, pretty much. And there was one year, I think it was 2013 or 14, where they went, whole hog they were like you know what fuck it and it was nothing but comedy and returns and you had like road dog and mick foley and all sorts of people just coming out who were well past their their prime bet that was crap i remember watching it in the pool hall in lincoln with a bunch of rowdy kind of fair weather like kind of oh the royal rumble is on i I haven't watched wrestling in 10 years so i'll go give it a watch and everyone there it was electric everyone was fucking exploding when everyone came out i was like that might be the greatest Royal Rumble ever. I went home and checked on Twitter. I was like, oh, no, that was the, sh- the worst Royal Rumble ever. And I sat down, I watched it on my own and go, okay, I admit, from a technical standpoint, that may have been an emotionally fun Royal Rumble, but Which not necessarily... Uh, for Fairweather fans. Yeah. That I mean, is kind of what they would want. I mean, it's difficult to get too worked up about things like work rate and moves and stuff like that. When it's the Royal Rumble, there's a million people in the ring. All I care about is the flow, you know? But similarly, that is to do with the flow and the pacing and stuff. Like, good wrestling makes a match go a lot faster than, like, clunky, awkward wrestling. And it's very interesting as well, though, what the difference a year makes, because we're talking there about Roman Reigns in 2015 being booed out of the building. Mm. The year prior to that, you had Roman Reigns as the absolute fan favourite because Brian wasn't even in the Rumble so everyone decided right Roman Reigns he's our guy and everyone loved Roman Reigns in the match Roman Reigns was just in the shield at the time he was still the kind of the sexy silent blue eyed mystery of the shield he broke Kane's record he eliminated 14 guys wow crowd were electric and then Batista makes his big comeback and everyone boos the shit out of Batista and honestly I think it's very funny that a lot of people look back and go oh yeah that was just people wanting Daniel Bryan a little bit of that was people wanting Roman Reigns, but maybe they wouldn't want to admit that a year later because everyone hated Roman Reigns then, you know? Yeah. 
yeah, I think <laughs> some part of it is is the story of the the Royal Rumble itself. You mm. know, if you have an up and coming guy who is quite cool and not yet being pushed as the top guy, yeah, because I think that's important as well. The winner of the Royal Rumble should never be the top guy. Yeah, it should be someone who's got a little something to prove. Yes. You want to chase there, yeah. like the but impossible dream. You want top guys to be in it so that they can be kind of overcome, mm. so that they. You have a sense of them having flaws and being human and the idea of, oh, someday they'll be beaten. Whatever. Yeah. Speaking of, how cool would it be if Brock Lesnar was in a Royal Rumble? He, he's been in a couple, but he's yeah, usually but... only been in to kind of further a storyline yeah. for elsewhere. I mean, <laughs> I think the Rumble where he was in and it was like uh, they were setting up him and the Wyatts. And he just beat the shit out of Braun Strowman, who's really green. He, he hit him and Braun didn't go down. He's like, go down! <laughs> it was really fucking horrid. But yeah, I think the story within a Royal Rumble can again get fans... If you tell a certain story of like overcoming hardships, like the Royal, Ru- the Royal Rumble with Royal Rumble... Like the Royal Rumble where Batista won and Roman Reigns eliminated, what, 14, 15 yeah. people. When you have him sort of building up through a match overcoming Kane of all people and eliminating that many people I think you put a flame underneath a lot of fans and they want to have the relief they want the closure of that yeah exactly you're teasing this thing you kind of got to go all the way interesting though like if you look back at the list of Royal Rumble winners um it, you know, I, I agree with what you're saying there, where like, oh, yeah, it should be an up and comer and something like that. But more often than not, you look at the, the multi time winners, it's Triple H has won a few times. Yeah. Uh, Steve Austin holds the record, winning it three times. All three times he was a top guy. Hogan's won it twice. You know, yeah. it's it's all big names. You know, it's there's more often it's just the main eventer. Like Undertaker has won it as well. You know, it's very rarely actually used to pat an up and comer on mm. the back. And when it is, like when Sheamus won the Royal Rumble in 2012, people kind of shit all over it because it's like, no, I want the big star to win. This guy doesn't deserve it. So. That's so... 2012 wrestling <laughs> is so different yeah, from it is. today wrestling. Absolutely. If Sheamus won the Royal Rumble in 2019, I think people would be very happy with that. Yeah, because it would be something different, I yeah. think. Yeah, and that's it. Fans don't want something too expected, but they don't want something too unexpected. There's a very... You know, there's a sweet spot. I would love them to do something like a guy from NXT, a, a wrestler from NXT comes up and, and wins cool. it in their first, you know. And that's something actually which I wish they'd do more often in both Rumbles, which, yeah, is, is to have more more folks from NXT or 205 Live. Yeah, I mean, they've debuted a few. Like, Rusev debuted on the main roster in a Royal Rumble. And I remember that was really, really great because that was, like, before NXT was the cool show. Like, Rusev was one of the very early crop and him coming out and they gave him a really strong showing and... That was like kind of the bedrock of his momentum for like a whole year. So it can be used, but I guess the thing about the Royal Rumble is that there's so many things that you can do. It's often like I think uh, what's the thing you've told me before, like stuck foot syndrome, where it's like they can do all these different things, yeah. and oftentimes they end up doing very little because it's like they don't want to overdo it. Yes, and then the result of that, they do nothing. They try to do too much and end up doing very little. We had a little section here about controversial finishes, so we did, in the Royal Rumble. We had controversy, of course, with Shawn Michaels and the British Bulldog, where we had only one of Shawn Michaels' feet touching the floor. That was the first time you'd seen that, where Michaels sails over the top rope, and he's barely dangled on with one foot. Mm-hmm. Was that where you, this whole thing about two feet really started to click with you then? No, 
It was actually the bit that came after this, the match that ended with Bret Hart and Lex Luger. Ah, yes, Lex Luger. The double elimination. Yeah, Lex Luger, who you've got fabulous opinions of. Fucking hate him. (laughs) The only man I hate more is Jerry Lawler. How do you match a man for more on that, folks? (laughs) Yeah, it was the double elimination between them that really got me thinking about it, because it's so skillful. It looks Mm. like it could be so accidental, but instead, no, it's, it's... it's Bret Hart, it's Lex Luger. They are both very good wrestlers. Landing two people at the same time with their mm. feet hitting the floor, it, it is easier said than done, I think. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's very, very difficult to do, as Bret Hart says in this documentary. And as they also explain, lots of people have tried to do it since. Like uh-huh. Big Show, which uh-huh. I thought was hilarious. It's like, you've got Bret Hart, one of the actual best wrestlers in the world. <laughs> like, I don't think there's many wrestling fans that wouldn't pick Bret Hart as like one of the best wrestlers oh, in the yeah. world. And then you've got Big Show. <laughs> he is one of the biggest wrestlers in the world. That is the kindest way of saying what I was going to say, yes. <laughs> he is one of the biggest wrestlers in the world. And he is not Bret Hart. And you just can't do that finish with someone without that skill. Yeah, because with Bret and, and Lex, it's a thing of fucking beauty. Like, the two of them, they kind of, they lock together, but not so much so that you can tell that they're cooperating. It's like they're locked up in a, in a grapple. Like, like, very aggressive, yeah. Bret kind of wraps his legs around Lex Luger's, like, left leg, but Lex Luger's using his right leg to kind of use the momentum to pull them both over at the same time and keep them locked in. And Bret gives it all, all the credit to Lex. He says it's mm. Lex that did it because he was the person who was kind of in control of both of their bodies. I think it's unfair. Rather, I think it's him being too modest yeah. to give all of that credit to Lex Luger. It's a, absolutely, it's a m- movement of teamwork. Yeah, it's a two-man job. You cannot do it with only one person. Yeah. Yeah, that got me thinking about the whole landing on your two feet thing. I mm. didn't realise just quite how solid the rules were with that respect, because it got me thinking, if the only rule is to be eliminated, you have to go over the top rope and land on both of your feet. Yeah. Like, landing on one doesn't count. Yeah. Landing on the floor with your feet up in the air doesn't count. So, if I was a wrestler in the Royal Rumble and I got thrown over the top rope, I would try and land on my stomach and then I would, like, shimmy, like, crawl along on my stomach like a worm. Well, like, do the worm. Yeah, like, do, like, a snake kind of worm. That would be very... So, you what? The, Slither the, around. The legs are out, you have to be like... Ugh! Yeah, just keep my feet up, like, up in the air. So, basically, be the opposite of Kofi Kingston, who's a wrestler who does very <laughs> graceful Yeah, saves. graceful. I'd be, like, a slug, <laughs> kind of, like, dragging myself. Ugh! I think that is a fabulous idea, and the most worm-like wrestler on the roster should uh, give that one a whirl-like. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the the one with the big show, The Rock, which happened in the year 2000, it's so funny, like, I, I mean, so bad was it when they mentioned this documentary that they were trying to do, like, we both go over at the same time, like, you were? Like, <laughs> First of all, why would you do that with anyone that isn't, like, an incredible wrestler? And secondly, why would you do it with The Rock and Big Show? Yeah, so what happens is the Big Show picks The Rock up, they both go over, The Rock fo- goes over the top rope, and both of his feet clearly land, and then The Big Show lands. Like so a minute off. The, not only did they not hit at the same time, the guy who was meant to win he hit it first by like a mile and yeah. this could only happen in the Attitude Era where they had a, they had a storyline right and I can't wait to get into some Attitude Era stuff with you at some point it's going to be fucking insane <laughs> but the storyline was was the big show came out and he said guys look I know that The Rock was declared the winner but if we could just look at the video footage as you've seen Rock's feet very clearly hit the ground first. And then The Rock came out and said, It doesn't matter if The Rock's feet hit the ground first. You're just The Big Show. <laughs> and The Big Show was the heel. 
Wow. And The Rock was there. We were like, yeah, Rocky, Rocky. I don't think you could do that these days where it's like, excuse me, but uh, I have a very small qualm and very, very substantial evidence to back me up. And they would do things where he's like, uh, Triple H, Stephanie, who were running the show. I've got the video here. And they're like, oh, yeah, I've watched it a few times, but... um. I don't know, man. It's kind of fuzzy, like you know. They had like eyewitnesses, like the head of security, like yeah, I saw it happen. They're like, nah, I don't know, man. I think the Rock, the Rock should win, like because we like the Rock. All time greatest fuck up ending of a Royal Rumble. Wow. From two thousand and five. Oh no, not even two thousand, Joe. This is from two thousand and five. I think we mentioned this briefly in our Vince McMahon episode. With Vince McMahon's quadricep muscles. Oh, yes. You want to tell the people that run down of what happened to it? You took a little bit too much pleasure in saying that there. <laughs> <laughs> There's a senior citizen who was in pain. How dare you? So, um, what, what happens? No, Vince does not. He is not allowed to be called a senior citizen. There's a man who is, and he was 64. Elderly. He was 64 and he, he hurt himself and he could not get back up. He fucking loved it. He That was probably his favourite moment of the year was tearing both his quadriceps. Is this quadriceps? Yeah, it was his quads. So, right, what happens then? So we had, we had final two in the 2005 Royal Rumble and it was actually the one of the things which we said we like to see, which is two new up-and-comers. You had like a new top guy coming up on SmackDown and on Raw. You had John Cena and you had Batista. This is when they were both kind of babes in the woods. Batista was meant to eliminate John, but yeah. they both ended up... Eliminating each other at the exact same time. Yeah, by mistake. I and love it was, that. It was as flawless a moment as the Bret Hart Lex Luger double elimination. Like, yeah. It looked perfect. Except it looked very sore as well. Oh, I yeah, mean- very sore. Like, in a way, that's better then, <laughs> than, than the other one. Yeah. But yeah, essentially, they weren't both supposed to be eliminated, but accidentally, they were both double eliminated. So Vince then storms out to the ring to go and yell at them. So you reckon, yeah, I'll get us out of this one. We'll, yeah. we'll have Vince McMahon come out. Yeah, he'll, he'll be able to wing it, right? Yeah. But he had been sitting in the gorilla position. Every time I say that, I always like to think that the gorilla position is some kind of yoga pose and that he's like, some like really flexible yoga pose he has to be sitting in backstage. Will you stop? <laughs> <laughs> so he, but he was sitting in the gorilla position, which is actually a little backstage area yeah. where they have all the screens and the monitors and where Vince yells into various headsets of production stuff. It's where he makes Mick Foley not be a commentator. <laughs> yeah. So the real magic happens. Sucks all of the fun and joy out of being a commentator overall. <laughs> And so, because he was an elderly man and was sitting in the gorilla position for quite a long time, yeah, Royal Rumble, it's like 40 minutes at least, minimum, he storms out to the ring, he throws his coat on the floor, he runs up to the ring apron, he's just about to jump into the ring, but he didn't do any stretches or anything before he did this. He didn't do his deep squats. Mm Mm-mm. And he tore both his quadriceps at the same time. They showed in slow motion. Well, I didn't actually realise. And I've, I've, uh, <laughs> I, hello, I'm Kevin. I'm a fully grown man, and I've watched the clip of Vince McMahon tearing both his quads at the Royal Rumble at least a thousand times. Oh yeah, can we've all been there? Um, but I do think watching it this time was the first time I noticed that when he runs, he actually hits both of his quadriceps against the ring apron. He runs yes, in, he, he does. Bump, bumps like them bump, both. Yeah. So he literally charges. He never mind him. Nobody makes fun of Titus O'Neil so much for slipping and falling. This man fucking charged right into the ring. He didn't even have the courtesy to slip and fall yeah. and miss it. See, that's the thing. It's not even clear how he injures himself because it's weird. It's, it's the impact, the fact the legs aren't stretched and then he tries to get up too quickly. Yeah, so I think it's like 
because when you're jumping, you're flexing your muscles, yeah. and if they haven't been stretched, and there's an impact, and if they're massive like Vince's are, yeah, <laughs> full of steroids. And I think literally what happened was that Vince, by trying to stand up so many times, he made it worse. It went from being like a, a rip to a complete tear because he, he kept he trying to stand up. Both he in ripped them half. both, and like he, apparently when he went backstage, he tried to keep standing up as well. Oh my god. That's so funny. I bet he thought it was a cramp or something. Because that's what you're supposed yeah. to do if you've got like a leg cramp. You're supposed to like force yourself through it. So yeah, what we had then so was... but And this, you, my fucking heart goes out to him because you got both John Cena and Batista. And this is their first See, fucking main event spotlight. My heart did go out to him for like one second. And then it just... No, it just didn't. So oh, he, not to Vince. I mean to Batista oh, and to Cena. Oh, to Batista and Cena. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because they're both there like literally like... <sighs> And Vince McMahon is like sat in the ring going, well, what are we going to do? And they're like, I don't know, Vince, what are we going to do? So yeah, Vince, when he tears his double quadriceps, if you aren't familiar with this, because he can't stand up, well, he can't stand up, but it's Vince McMahon. So he has to be the role of Vince because he's just stormed out backstage. Business is going to pick up, like. (laughs) And he's supposed to be cutting a promo in character, but he literally cannot stand up. So he has to (laughs) sit in the ring and because he's torn his quadriceps he can't even bend his legs so he can't even sit normally he's explained out like he's explained out he looks like a toddler and he's <laughs> to try and make himself look more serious he has his arms on his hips <laughs> mm, very like very a, well a stern dad yelling down at you only it's yelling up at these like six foot five wrestlers and he looks so pathetic this little old man with his hands on his hips and his legs splayed out screaming at these very young muscular men it is the most bizarre visual and it says a lot about the fucking the cult of mcmahon and like the godlike aura that he is perceived with by the wrestling fan because I remember watching that live and not even thinking that much of it. Like, kind of going, oh, well, Vince has obviously hurt himself. That's all right, then. It's like, he is sat in the ring and he's torn his quads. What is going on? I would love to watch that segment sometime because we only got to see, like, pictures of it. Yeah. They didn't show it. And I would love to see Vince try and cut a promo while sitting down like that. What they do is they just have the referee surrender going, what we do, Vince? He went over and he went over and he's he's like, okay, I'll listen to all parties. And he just nods. And then the ring announcer goes, Vince McMahon says the match will restart. <laughs> and the best thing is that uh, Batista, because he, he wins, he was meant to win. And he reckoned it was his fuck up because he was meant to pick up John for the powerbomb. And because he picked him up too much, kind of too strong. There's too much momentum. They kind of both flew backwards. It's a miracle they didn't break their necks. Because like, mm. the two of them, both went Korean overhead first off the rope and he went to Vince the next night like on Raw and Vince is on crutches and he's like fucking terrified that he's gonna get you know fired, big yeah. big trouble or fired and Vince just starts laughing his ass off going ha ha that was the greatest goddamn thing because it was real see that's why I don't feel sorry for Vince McMahon he fucking loves that shit he loves shit. it but the reason I've always had a little twinge of feeling sorry is that in the McMahon documentary that we watched when they talk to Shane about that, Shane's like nearly in tears. He's like, my dad, he just won't, he won't stop standing up. He's like, he won't stop hurting himself. He doesn't know. And like, you can see as a son, like oh, how yeah. fucking upsetting that is. But like Vince is just, yeah, he's fucking full of rocket fuel or whatever the fuck it is. See, if it had been Stephanie in that back room instead yeah. of Shane, <laughs> but, <laughs> that interview would have been very different. Very different scenario. My strong father yeah. was very brave to stand up again and again. And I'm proud of him tearing both of his quadriceps in half. 
I mean, the last thing we want to talk about is uh, some of the fun antics and stuff like that. I mean, uh, it would be remiss me not to mention Hall of Famer Drew Carey, host of The Price is Right, making an appearance in the 2001 Royal Why Rumble. Why does everyone always mention that? I don't care. I love that moment, but it's not worthy of going into a Hall of Fame for it. Like, because he comes out and like he's like just there to, to promote this show and he's waving and... Because the two people he's in the ring with, they eliminate themselves, so he's left in the ring on his own. He's like, does jumping jacks. It's like, well, hey. And then Kane comes out. It's like, whoa. Should I see if Kane money? You know, mm-hmm. that, that, it's, it's a funny bit. But it's like, it's not legendary. No. But it, people oft remember it. I always say the 2001 Royal Rumble is one of the most fun Royal Rumbles of all time. Okay. I would really, really recommend checking that one out. Along with the 1992 Royal Rumble, 2008. And last year's Women's Royal Rumble, uh, all of them absolutely fab shows. But let's talk about some of the antics. Uh, 1989, great antic here when uh, Andre the Giant was eliminated from the Royal Rumble, the largest man in the Royal Rumble at the time. And of course, Andre the Giant was undefeated in Battle Royales for something like 20 years. So he was eliminated from the Royal Rumble because Jake the Snake Roberts threw in a big big constrictor boa. Big snake comes into the ring and everyone goes, ah! And Andre the Giant goes, and jumps over the top rope and I was like that's a great great classic Royal Rumble moment there but you're not a fan I hate it it's because of the snake isn't it it's because of the snake and also I hate people taking advantage of people's phobias that is sick don't do it like that's actual torture seriously don't do it basically what you're saying is that you're being mean Gene Oakland to yeah. Jake Roberts and if you go I don't like when you use people's phobias against them Jake Roberts it's not very funny who's smoking in here <laughs> stop that <laughs> I mean that is that was Jake Roberts giving very much I it? hate it and I feel really bad about the snake I love snakes mm. I love all animals and I hate animal cruelty Live, oh yeah, the, the snakes live, were laugh, not. Love. Yeah. Music is my life. Fucking obviously, I hate animal cruelty. Who, who, what decent person doesn't? Seeing the snake in the ring full of men, I'm so scared it's going to get like stood on. Yeah, I mean, I guess the last time you saw a snake in the ring, he was biting Macho Man Randy Savage yeah. quite viciously. Yeah. So it makes me upset. I it, don't like it. It was a big, big boon in wrestling for animals in the fucking late eighties. Vince, what, I mean, he had a wrestler come out, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, we've seen a few of his matches. Mm. Great wrestler. Vince is like, well, if you're a dragon, you should have a dragon. So they gave him a Komodo dragon. No! Oh my god! I know it's such that's an, so an, stupid, an inappropriate fucking animal. Like Christ, <laughs> big lizard, like yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. 1999 Royal Rumble. That Rumble contained both Vince McMahon winning, Austin in a toilet, an ambulance. We had Kane and the White Coats. But also, very historic, the first appearance of a woman in a Royal Rumble, which was China, ninth one of the world, coming out number 30 in the Royal Rumble. So cool. I love that. That's such a fucking great moment. And also as well, that was when China went away and she had like her jaw reconstruction surgery and stuff she had like loads of work done so she'd been gone she yeah. basically came back in this like new China China 2.0 like mm. I mean if you're gonna debut your new look that's Ro- the way to do Royal it Royal Rumble's a good time to do it oh, I should have done that after my rhinoplasty <laughs> what's beard in the Royal Rumble <laughs> Uh, we also had Beth Phoenix uh, eliminating the Grey Cali, and that's what I'm a bit torn about. I wonder your thoughts. I hate it. Because right, Beth comes out and yeah. she eliminates the biggest man who's ever been in a Royal Rumble, which is the Grey Cali, but she does it by kissing him. It's gross. And you know what? Actually, going back to the China one, I don't like that China came out 30th and she didn't even win. No, she didn't. I mean, only one person has won from number 30. No, two people have won from number 30. I just think the implication there is that women are inferior to men, and mm. it's frankly not true. They made... So, like She was in it for like... 
if she was in it for a minute, it was maybe a minute and a half. And yeah. she eliminated Mark Henry, who was the world's strongest man. So yeah, that, that, that was is cool. cool. Yeah. And then like Austin stunned her and she got eliminated. But I think they they made out that it was the biggest fucking deal. Like they ended an episode of Raw with they had like the corporate rumble where Vince McMahon and all of his corporate team were gonna enter this kind of rigged rumble for the number thirty spot. The idea being that Vince would get to be number thirty and stay away from Stone Cold Steve Austin. And China came out and she eliminated everyone. She eliminated Vince and they ended their Raw with like China's gonna be in the Rumble and it was in this big arena and it was like fucking huge. What a real goosebumps moment. So I think they'd reckon that they'd done a lot enough almost. <laughs> and even still like people talk about that like it's you know, rightly so. Yeah. That it's so historic, but I guess it shows you what little you had to do to be yeah. historic in terms of women's uh, opportunities. Because 1929, 60 seconds for China, basically that lasted us for fucking, you know, God, yeah. nearly 20 years. Yep. 19 years, really, until uh-huh. we had a, a women's Royal Rumble. And the only one since then is, is Beth, Beth Phoenix. Phoenix kissing someone yeah. to eliminate them. That's gross. Yeah, because at least China came out, she just beat people up, and she fucking cold-cocked Mark Henry. And the thing I hate most about the Beth Phoenix Great Carly thing is Beth Phoenix is a legitimately fantastic wrestler. Yeah, in the mold of China, she's meant to be the fucking... She was the yeah. Glamazon, was her gimmick. She's meant to be a big, strong woman. Only unlike China, she is, like, legitimately a wrestler. Like, yeah. China didn't have all the training that Beth Phoenix had. Like, she did all the independent wrestling stuff. She's yeah, like, Beth was a much better wrestler yeah, than China like ever was. Like an actual wrestler. And yet she had to kiss a guy to eliminate him. I just think Weird. that's humiliating for mm. her. I, I could have put up with it more if it had been one of the, the diva-esque yeah. wrestlers who knew that that was their role. But that is so insulting for a wrestler like Beth Phoenix. It was a bit insulting as well though, when they're talking on this documentary about all the historic firsts and all that are, you know, involvement of women in the Rumble that uh, Karma, her awesome appearance in the Rumble where she managed to make eliminate someone by glaring at them. Uh, yep. I mean, that that's significant in its own right as Written well. Written out there. Yeah. I mean... I would love to know your thoughts. I know we've, we've touched the, the, the subject of intergender wrestling and stuff like that, but now we have a men's rumble and a women's rumble. A man entering a woman's rumble or a woman entering a man's rumble. I have this theory that R-Truth is going to appear on a, at a Royal Rumble because in the women's Royal Rumble by mistake or something like that one year or something. I think we're past it now. I mm. don't think it needs to happen. I think any attempt at doing that now would be more of a hindrance than a help. And I right. think instead, if they wanted to do something like that, they'd be much better off having an intergender rumble. Yeah, interesting. Because how cool would that be? That and they be could really cool. actually avoid a lot of the the controversial elements of intergender wrestling that people are quite hesitant about. Yeah. Like you could have people team up on each other yeah. and you know group fights. Interesting. It would be uh, quite the palate cleanser perhaps doing an intergender rumble. Like they'll never do it. And immerse yourself in ice water. Just kind of get over it like, whoosh, like yeah. we're all here like this everyone in it everyone. together. <laughs> Maybe we won't do that one in Saudi Arabia, but uh, it will be a great Royal Rumble nonetheless. I want to talk, lastly, about the MVP of all time for Royal Rumbles. Kane has obviously been in, like, he was in 13 straight Royal Rumbles. He is the record for most appearances, and I think Kane has got near the record for most total eliminations. But there's one real MVP of the Royal Rumble. I want to talk briefly before we close up, Joe, about my boy Kofi Kingston. Hey! Kofi Kingston is the participant in the Royal Rumble who will make the person you're showing the Royal Rumble to go holy fucking shit wah he will make you a he will make your friend or loved one a fan of wrestling I yeah. guarantee 
What are some of the things that Kofi Kingston has done to avoid elimination in the Royal Rumble? Goodness, it's so hard to think. He's done so many different ways. And they're all so different. Okay, off the top of my head, some of my favourites. One time, he used an office chair as a pogo stick. Somehow he got eliminated by being thrown over the top rope and landing on the announcer's table. Yeah. And then he nicked, like I think it was Michael Cole's... It was JBL's chair. It was yeah. JBL's chair. And then like manoeuvres it like, an, like a pogo stick. That takes some serious core strength. Yeah, because when you're on one of those office chairs, uh, and I have tried this in our office, uh, you do spin around very slowly on you them. You do. So you have to keep into mind the the spinning. There's some platform game I was playing recently where you do it. You, it's, it, I think it was on... Uh, Roundabout. Yeah, that was it. Fucking hell. Where you have to take into account that you're you're spinning all the time. And Kofi did that. It's very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> He's a skilled roundabout player. So yeah, that's one of my faves. Another one that he did was he got eliminated. Well, he got, I wouldn't say eliminated. He got thrown over the top rope and like he landed in Rusev's arms because Rusev had been eliminated. Mm. And then Rusev tries to beat him up by like carrying him over to the barricade and like starts hitting him and then just walks off. And then Kofi standing on the barricade. Now bearing in mind, folks, the barricade is only about two or three inches wide. It's a narrow little wall made of padding. And at least... A legit three or four feet away from the ring apron. Oh, yeah. Like a probably considerable further, distance. Probably further. Yeah. Probably like four or five feet. Mm. And he manages to, first of all, stand up on that narrow wall, which is a feat in and of itself. But he then runs like a cat over the wall, jumping the distance then between the, the barricade and the ring and lands in the ring. It's That's incredible. Fucking amazing. He is a magic cat. And last year he, in 2018, he used pancakes to avoid his feet hitting the floor, yeah. which is ingenious. Now, you were wondering, like, does the creative team sit down with him and kind of go, All right, this is the idea this year, Kofi. And he literally just said in the documentary, he's like, yeah, like the pogo stick one, just like the night before in the hotel room, someone's like, what Me are you going to do? Me yeah. like, coming up with ideas. Like, what, are you going to use a pogo stick? I'm like, <laughs> all right, let's try that. Like, So it's just kind of, I like that it's, I like that it's just a given that he will do something like that. I think maybe some people put too much pressure. Like, people were like shitting on it. Like, oh, he didn't do a good enough one this year. It's like, no, the guy's a fucking pro. You know, not everyone is going to be the fucking exact same. The one he walked on his hands, for fuck's oh, sake. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Down. He gets thrown over the top rope and he lands, he lands like, kind of against the ring on his hands and then someone inside pushes his legs away so he ends up like having to handstand away from the ring but his core strength is so amazing unbelievable it's the damnedest goddamn thing I've ever seen to get back in again so yeah yeah. the other one where he's on the um, he's on the turnbuckle and someone kicks his legs up from underneath him and he plummets and then you see literally nothing but his fingers people were complaining about that one no that's one of the best ones because when you have one where it's like very obviously spectacular, like the handstand, if someone does something where it's like subtly, like you have to think and go, actually, if I was to try and do that, that would be so fucking hard. Okay, fair dues, that's amazing. That's probably the hardest one he's done. Yeah. Like in terms of like random wrestler who you would want to try and recreate a Kofi Kingston moment, that's probably the hardest one to do. There are subtleties to the art of Kofi Kingston's oh, Royal Rumble that's escapes. That's why I love it. Some of them are like legitimately like you just have to have the skill to do it. And some yeah. of them are really silly, like the pancakes, <laughs> where they just put a plate of pancakes underneath each of his feet so he can get to where he needs to go. Joe, I would not be where I am today if I had not figured out that silliness is a skill. So I think we can count that as being one of Kofi's many mad skills. I want him to win. Oh, Come yeah. on. Like, when are we have to... I honestly... I think if 
if Kofi Kingston doesn't win a Royal Rumble at some point in my lifetime, I think I'll be a ghost after I die. Oh, no. I don't think I can rest properly. You'll haunt Titan Towers, will you? Yeah, I will. Because <laughs> honestly, my life isn't complete until he wins. Great. Vince McMahon will have more ghosts to deal with then. I bet you'll be happy about that. <laughs> One more chain to rattle in Stamford. Like. Yeah, all the more reason not to sleep. <laughs> well, we're very, very excited about the Royal Rumble, as we always are. And you know what? I'll tell you this right now. If you ever sat down going, you know what? I'd love to watch a bit of wrestling but I don't know what and there's a lot of matches out there and that network bombards you with the difficult thing of having infinite choice a Royal Rumble is a right fucking pleasurable thing to sit down and watch it's like watching a great episode of a TV show the Royal Rumble you've got a beginning middle and end you've got a nice little fucking set piece in there too along the way it's honestly a great time and you know what I remember I remember I got the Royal Rumble Anthology DVD set because I was a cool kid from the early 2000s and I remember just being fascinated. I just put on all the Royal Rumble matches just to see who was on the roster and it's a real great like kind of you want to dip your toe in and see what that year is like look at the Royal Rumble you'll see who who's up and coming who's established what the crowds are like what the commentary is like. It's not all of them are good, but we will put up on the website a list of recommended bonus viewing of some of our fave Royal Rumbles. We're going to finish things up now. We sent out a little tweet the other day. Little did you know it was to get content for a podcast. <laughs> where we were asking people simply, what is their favourite thing about the Royal Rumble? First up from Fink Alder. The Rumble is a match of pure potential. Who's going to enter as a surprise? Who's going to win? What does Kofi have in store? Even if it ultimately disappoints, it is a physical representation of anything can happen in the WWE. Who's going to win? Who's, Who's going to lose? lose? I got that Who's Royal Rumble fever. Baby. Hope we got it too. <laughs> From Angry Taco, it's a showcase of the best possible talent a company can have. Cruiserweights, outmaneuvering giants, cheaters waiting on the outside for a tired competitor to lean you over ever so much on the ropes, powerhouses lifting many over the top of the rope, and only the most determined survive. You know what I really think I love most about the Royal Rumble is the fact that it's the thing where the branding really just, like, no one's kind of like, oh, it's the one night of the year where we go extreme. Or, <laughs> no, everyone's like, one fucking survivor, 30 men, 30 women, like, it, it fits. I think my favourite version of Raw Rumble branding, this is the type of good content you get on our podcast, you see? Yeah. Favourite Raw Rumble branding. In, I think it was 2016, no, yeah. 2017, where they had all the marble statues. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, that's 2016, yeah. That was so cool. It was like the old Halo ads that they used yeah. to do. It was really, really cool. Great. Actually, Joe, you know what? I have to show it to you right now. Folks at home, you can go and uh, give this a bit of a Google yourselves at the same time. There was a fantastic musical themed ad for the Royal Rumble one year based loosely off guys and dolls so I'm wow. going to uh, find this for you now let's see <laughs> are they all wearing wigs yep that's so funny there's gonna be some troubles tonight a very royal <laughs> step into the ring we'll reach an understanding when the smoke is clear I'll be the last man standing tonight. I'm gonna settle every score tonight that's not the rumble I had in mind. Sorry, not many, not many of the big four ads usually end with a Vincent man. It was all a dream, pal. <laughs> Someone's a West Side Story fan. Well, what do you think? I bet you never reckoned that there would be a uh, no. West Side Story Royal Rumble. You're just looking at this isn't fun anymore, guys. 
I'm hoping for a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang uh, adaptation <laughs> at some point. Well, actually, next year's Royal Rumble is going to take place in Portobello Road, so uh, <laughs> they might have some more musical action then. This one next from Mr. Speth. That spot between 50 and 20 where you're like, boy, the ring is really filling up. I bet someone big comes out soon and clears house. And then someone big's music hits and they clear house. Yeah, I think the one little time when we did our Goldberg episode where I thought I might have gotten Joe to understand the myth of Goldberg was when he came out in like the 2004 Royal Rumble and he like smashed everyone. <laughs> That's always fun. I could watch compilations of just big guys coming out. Yeah. I want to see fucking Nia Jax or Karma or someone take the fucking mantle and be the big fucking monster that eliminates 20 people in a yeah. Royal Rumble. I want to see that in the Women's Rumble. Yeah. From Super Sharpie 64 saying, I've always had an unexplainable fascination with jobbers, so I like seeing the lads you almost never got to see on Raw. Hey, it's Gilbert. Hey, it's Midian. Whoa, it's Tiger Ali Singh. I'm still mad that Giant Silva was the only oddity not in the 1999 Royal Rumble, not counting Luna. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see some more jobbers, hopefully. I would like to see maybe uh, Barry Horowitz make a, a quick appearance in the the Royal Rumble maybe or Colin Delaney to come back or uh, who knows what jobbers may appear anyone but James Ellsworth yeah I think he's officially barred from uh, entering any professional wrestling buildings forever now so Mm -hmm. yeah well hey thanks for joining us this little kind of bonus side venture and having a look at the history and some of our favourite moments from the Royal Rumble and if you want to check out our reviews of all of the Royal Rumble since 2016 as well getting access to over 50 bonus episodes or how to revisit a series and a whole lot of other audio content along the way and support the show of course you can of course head over to patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling become just a five dollar backer you get instant access to all of our back catalog of episodes and you only have to back for one month to get full access so hey if you enjoyed this little venture about the royal rumble and maybe you're gonna maybe show the royal rumble to someone for the first time this sunday let us know how it goes and tweet us over at how to wrestling but until next time when we're going to be learning more about the world of professional wrestling and all of its fabulous inhabitants it's going to be a goodbye from me kevin and a goodbye from me joe being winner of the royal rumble 2019 of this podcast well you just declared yourself yes are you going to point at the sign at least i'm the one who gets to speak last so technically i'm the winner all oh, right so joe is pointing up at the wrestlemania sign that we've erected in our in our in our front room yes i'm going there <laughs> Well, you're pointing upstairs now to the bathroom. That's just where you're going, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) That's a goodbye from me, Kevin. And a goodbye from me, Joe. And we'll see you next time on How To Wrestling. See ya!